Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Since 2005, as a parent and as a teacher for various tutorial programs. In addition to her work in education, she has written fiction, poetry, and other materials for various programs and publications, such as the Old Schoolhouse magazine, and she is the author of two books, Before Austin Comes Aesop, the children's great books and how to experience them, and Maria Von Trapp and her musical family. Currently, she lives near Nashville, Tennessee, where she continues to homeschool, write, and teach. You can learn more about her writing and teaching on her website, Once Upon a Pen. Also, visit her YA book review website, What's In It? The Concerned Parent's Guide to Young Adult Literature. Boy, do we need that. And both those links are in the show notes. Welcome to the program, Sherry. It's so good to have you back. Thank you for having me. It's fun to be here again. Oh, yeah. And I love your background. We were just talking about virtual backgrounds. And uh, Sherry was saying that's a beautiful image from her cruise that she took with her daughter. And I'm just loving it. I'm just lapping it up. It's so <laughs> glorious. And I love that it's a picture you took yourself because mine is just like a shower curtain thing <laughs> hanging behind me. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to see the blank wall behind me right now. I know. So I thought this was a little better. <laughs> yeah, I just love this whole Zoom environment. I think we're all used to it. We all get it's smoke and mirrors. But here we are yep. together to have a really a real conversation and spend some quality time together. So I'm so just so happy to have you back. Um, so why don't we I know this seems like an obvious thing to ask, but just for any new homeschoolers or people who are, you know, maybe just haven't had a chance yet to really think this through and have a philosophy about it. Um, what would you say is kind of the key, the importance of teaching our children to write well? Why should we be thinking about this so much? Well, I like whenever I start a writing class, and you know, I've, I've taught writing for years, but um, in every single class, I always start with a lesson on why writing is important, uh, why learning to write well is important, uh, and you know, it's it's I want I want students to have a reason to be in my class, not just because their moms put them in the class. Um, I want them to know for themselves why it'll be valuable to them. Uh, because it, it, is a, um, it is something that's going to take them their whole lives. It's a life skill. You know, it's like swimming or cooking. It's it's a life skill, something that you will use your entire life. It doesn't matter what career you go into. You know, you could be a plumber. You still might need to write 
emails to your clients and you know you want to sound professional you want to um be credible believable um and so a, there's a practical aspect to writing that uh, I want students to feel, um, you know, I want students to know so that they feel like it's relevant to them no matter who who that child is. Um, and then there's the, the, the fine arts aspect, and that is the, the beauty of being able to express ourselves and find our own voices, um, be able to write something down and not feel like um, and not feel like we have to parrot someone else, but that we can find our own voices. Um, and I want my students to know that they too have a voice. They don't have to be professionals. They don't have to be talented. Um, that, you know, even even a football player who never picks up a book or not just, I guess that's a stereotype. I'm sorry. But <laughs> it's okay. just, just anybody, you know, who, who, who's intimidated by, by reading or writing or whatever. Um, you know, even they have things to say and, and I want students to find that within them, you know, them within themselves where they can know that they have a voice. Uh, so I, I think both of those things are really important. Um, they don't have to learn to be great artists or anything, but I want them to find their voice and I want them to have the skill to make it in life um, when they have to communicate. Yeah. And you made such a great point about whatever we end up doing with our lives professionally or in terms of our vocations, that need to express in writing is simply ubiquitous. It's all around us, whether it's email or some kind of ministry communication for your parish or whatever that might be, there's always going to be that need. I remember years ago, my husband just practicing many times over writing letters to the editor because he had never been much of a writer. He just wasn't inclined to it. But he was very dogged about learning it. And he became an excellent writer of, you know, letters of opinion, that sort of thing. And it, and it was a great thing. I just loved to see that drive, as you said, to find a voice, to be able to say what was in his heart and in his mind. Uh, so good to see that evolution. Thank you so much for placing it in that beautiful context, too, of having a voice. That's something that serves us our whole life long. And it's a great example to our future families, too, if, they're, if we're talking about our kids. Um, yeah, so, so say a little bit about what we mean by writing at the extremes. Give us a definition and maybe an example or two. Well, I guess when I when I say that, I'm thinking of kids who are very, very intimidated by writing, who hate writing, who just do anything. They just don't want to um, to write anything. Maybe they don't feel like they can write complete sentences or, or whatever, all the way up to, and then the other end of that spectrum is kids who love writing and they do it for fun. They want to be authors maybe, or they just, they just have fun, you know, escaping into their own little world and, and writing stories uh, and poems and things. And so, you know, there's, there's this big group in between that just will just do it because it has to be done and they don't really care one way or the other, or, you know, they, I mean, there's just this long spectrum, but there, there are kids who are at the extremes that I don't think, uh, that I think need to be handled with care, with a little special, little special care. Mm, yeah, that's so good, because when I think about it having in the past, not currently, but have taught writing courses for Homeschool Connections, um, I did see those extremes all the time, and uh, so, so have appreciated 
um, the opportunity just to maybe ignite a little excitement as you do with your students uh, on how useful it can be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Try to get them to shift their perspective a little bit. Um, all right, good, good. So say a little bit about how the, the approaches are different. What do you do with one end of the extreme? What do you do with the other? Well, I thought it would be helpful to use a couple of examples to, um, and one of them myself, who I I loved writing as a child. And then uh, another example would be a student I had a few years ago. And so I'll, I'll talk about the, the, um, that student first. Um, I had a student named uh, John a few years ago um, in, you know, for a homeschool co-op and he came to me in sixth grade and he could barely write sentences. He could, I mean, that was prerequisite. You could not take the class if you couldn't write uh, a fluent, complete sentence, but that was the minimum he could do. And he really knew nothing. His his handwriting was terrible on top of that. I mean, he just really, really struggled. And it was a one semester course. And uh, he um, he just kind of plodded along. It was a, I had a very structured class, you know, like we're going to learn how to write topic sentences and supporting sentences. Now we're going to learn how to write detailed sentences. So it was very, very structured. And he took that class and he advanced some. But the next next year I taught with the same program, but this time I made it a full year course. So a lot, lot more substance. And his mom re-enrolled him in, in my class, the same. And so he got a lot of that, that same substance from the previous semester. And now he got it again, plus everything else I was adding to make it a full year course. And so he, his mom re-enrolled him and he took the course again and he continued to improve, but it was very gradual. Um, but he stuck it out. He was hardworking. Um, he didn't like writing, but he, he was willing to, to do the work. And then the next year he took my second level uh, course um, for, the, for the more advanced students. And he began to blossom. And I saw, this is like my big success story. I have plenty that are not like this, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but he, not to, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I just try to make a point here. <laughs> um, he, he took my second level course. And by the end of that year, he was writing persuasive and argumentative papers, like multi-page papers where you could not tell what he had been. Um, and I mean, I'm kind of tearing up because the, the transformation was so huge in this kid that that he it was profound. Um, you could not tell he was competing with kids who came in with much better skills than he did. Um, and he not competing, but he was able to hold his own. And he left my class fully ready for high school writing. And so the the difference was i don't think it was my teaching so much as the fact that he had a structured program and it was a structured class where he had it was relevant to him it was practical it was step by step and he was able to just make incremental progress 
um, and know exactly what was expected of him. And I think that really made made a big difference. Now, because it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, I'll give it another shorter example about a student that I had who did not respond well to that program, the same <laughs> course, that I, a different, different program, but the exact same course. And I had another boy who did not do so well with that structured writing. Um, he, his mom was like, you know, this is just isn't working very well for him. And, you know, I, he does better with more like uh, writing papers and having feedback, which is a whole other end of the approach, you know, um, you know, one is very highly structured, one is not. Um, and so, you know, it, it's not really about, um, it, it, it's sometimes students need different things, even if they are um, talented or not talented in different ways. And, and this boy needed, he was over intimidated and overwhelmed by this, the strict structure that I imposed. Whereas John and did, um, he needed that. It gave him the, the, the ladder he needed to climb in order to get to, to those multi-paragraph, multi-page papers that he needed to learn how to write. So, um, yeah, do you mind like, if I just pause you for a moment, Sherry, because you've touched on some things that I think are really important for especially some of the younger homeschool moms to hear. You teared up about this because there's love in your heart for your students. And who loves our students more than their own families, right? We love them. That love goes a long way. You also made the point that not every student responds to every program and that's okay. Sometimes you have a kid just not responding to a program. It may not be what that student needs and each one will thrive differently in different environments. I appreciate your humility so much. And I just wanna say that that humility, that openness to the individual child, as well as being in that place of deep care so that the satisfaction when they triumph, when they work hard and they overcome is so powerful. Just wanted to touch on those two things. Our love for our kids matters. It makes a difference. And each one will have different needs. So yes, I just sure. call that out because it was so important. Uh, and, and now I want to get out of your way and let you move on to your next point, Sherry. Um, so, so at that extreme, it's, it's, it's important, I think, to focus on the practical uh, for those students who are so intimidated and give them, like I said, that ladder to climb on. But we also need to take into account how they learn. Um, and um, we, do, but we don't want to, we don't want to make it so uh, loosey goosey in an approach that they cannot figure out how to advance either that they don't know what we're looking for. And so um, that, you know, that's, that's important to keep in mind. But with those students, I like to focus on why it's practical and relevant and what they need to know for school to make it through high school and college. Um, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't read good books and learn some, some of the beauty that writing can, you know, that they, that they can infuse into their writing. So I'm not advocating that we keep it so practical that they don't um, learn anything about how to write beautifully either. It's just that we would not 
I would not focus on that kind of thing like I would for a student who wants to be an author, for example. Um, but those students at the lower end of the extreme still need good books because, you know, from that point, we from there, we, we gain a lot of knowledge about language. And, um, you know, I think a lot of what we learn about writing, we learn through reading, through through absorption, just in learning uh, sentence patterns and literary devices that we're not even aware we're learning, like symbolism and metaphor. Um, you know, it helps to have lessons about those so that we understand what we're looking at. But at the same time, a lot of that stuff is absorbed through our reading and in poetry. Um, and so even the students who don't like to write still need that those examples of, of good model, uh, good model writing and not just the old classics, but modern writing that sounds like them but is good, you know, you have to be careful because there's so much trash out there, but there's a lot of good writing too. And so we need to give them some good modern examples as well of how you can write well and sound like a modern modern speaker. So, um, you know, I think literature is also really important to to add in as well for those, for those kids. Um, next, kids at the other end of the extreme, they need the practical side too, but it's a little different. And for that example, I want to use myself here. I would not have called myself a particularly talented child when it came to writing. I fell in love with writing stories at a very young age. And I wrote and wrote and wrote. It was my main, one of my main uh, modes of play as a child, partly because I had no brothers and sisters. I was an only child until I was 13. And then I had a half sister on my dad's side. Um, and so I had to spend a lot of time by myself. And so one of the things I did was I wrote lots and lots of stories and poems. And, and I decided, um, you know, someday I'm going to win the Newbery Award. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm way far away from that. But um, the I had this dream and I and I. I just wrote, I wrote so much that my middle finger was calloused and blue because I use blue erasable pens all the time. And, you know, my favorite thing was going into a, a store and finding a new notebook and pens. I mean, it was, it was very, very nerdy, but I mean, it genuinely got me excited. And um, I had all, all these ideas. But if you read my writing, um, and when I read my writing now, um, going back to that, um, some of what I wrote, I'm like, it's pretty good. But other, a lot of it's just, you know, pretty average writing. I didn't, I don't think I was a particularly gifted writer and I never won awards. Um, I, I, when I started venturing into, um, when I started venturing into publishing, I collected more rejection slips than I can count, you know, many, many, many rejection slips over the years. And I'm talking like maybe 15, 20 years of rejection slips before I really broke in and started getting some success. And even that was very, very slow. <laughs> so, um, you know, um, and these books that I wrote were the product of decades of hard work, to be honest. I mean, that's really what got me to where I am, not a whole lot of talent, I don't think. I mean, I guess somebody else would have to be the judge of that, my childhood writing. But but with with the with me, um, for me, play the playing on the page was an essential part of my growth as a writer. It was part of my training. I had to play and my mother would look at my writing like, oh, you, why don't you focus on one good paragraph, making it a very beautiful paragraph. And, you know, that would make your writing really good, you know. And it's like, and she was like basically saying that all of this other stuff was just kind of a waste of time because it wasn't helping me learn to be a good writer. I'm like, 
I'm just having a good time. I'm like, I don't want to do that. That's boring. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I want to write this book length novel about this little girl or whatever it was. And, mm-hmm. and so I ignored her, but, um, <laughs> but I still, <laughs> I mean, I just like, I would have fun writing a paragraph. Um, and that's exactly what I make my students do today is write good paragraphs. But, but, but there's a big difference, you know, like at some point I needed discipline and the playing could not really make me into a good writer. It would, it would, it gave me a lot of, um, it gave me a, a lot in, in terms of finding my voice and, and my getting in touch with my imagination and practicing the, the sentence patterns and the vocabulary and, and the different things that I would pick up from, from books and, and things that I would explore on the page without being conscious that I was doing that. But I still in school, I would have my teachers teach me how to write, you know, in, in a more disciplined way. Now, at some at, there was a point at which that got to be where I focused too much on rules, and it kind of tamped down my voice. And um, it it made me too conscious of rules. So I had, you know, but there was a point I had to learn some discipline. I mean, I had to, you can't, you can't write a book and not know you know understand internal structure and how to organize thoughts and how to um, put forth arguments and things like that you you might be able to do it just by what you pick up there are people who've done that Benjamin Franklin didn't have structured writing instruction he learned by imitation and he became an excellent writer over time so it's not like you can't but um, a lot of students benefit and, and need that that structured writing instruction um, or at least feedback for things that they write um, you know it's another way to teach and you know so that they can gather gain the discipline my, my son is an example right now I mean he's homeschooled and in fourth fifth grade I've started homeschooling him and he was just he's actually very naturally he's got some really good natural ability and I've been kind of impressed with my own kid but he's very undisciplined so now I'm making him do a structured writing program to kind of <laughs> to bring it all in so that he can write, you know, a proper paragraph and a, and a, you know, a reasonable formal piece of writing because he needs to learn how to do that. And he's not going to do that with a whole bunch of block letters and shouting on the page and, you know, <laughs> slaying, which is what he likes to do. So, so with those kids, um, you know, and with me, we need to let them play a lot and not criticize. And I will tell you the one piece of writing I threw away. I'd never thrown away any of my writing. If, if it's gone, it's because it's accidental. I've always protected my writing, even if I've been too embarrassed myself to go back and read it. But it's like part of me. And that we have to recognize that when we have our kids that love to write, that's a part of that child. And so we have to be very careful about how we critique our children's writing. And when they're playing, leave them alone. You know, the, the one time that I remember um, that was really hurtful and the one thing that I threw away was a little story about Halloween. And I never wrote about Halloween before. I read, wrote this one story about Halloween. I showed it to my mother, never showed her my writing. She's Even to this day, she has only read my book that's been published. Um, and I, I showed her that piece of writing and all she said was, you shouldn't write about Halloween, you know, because, you know, that's not a good topic, you know, being because it's about spooks and ghosts and, and death, you know, dead things. And so and she didn't like that kind of thing. And that was all she said. And I actually threw that away. And that wasn't even a criticism of my writing. She didn't even read it. 
I mean, I think that I tried to show it to her, but she didn't actually read it. So it wasn't like a criticism of my writing either. It was just about the topic. And that was enough to kill that spirit in that story. And I threw it away. And so we have to be extremely careful when approaching kids who love to write and making sure that we understand the difference between their play and the, you know, and having a, you know, firm line demarcation where this is yours and I'm just going to enjoy what you have to write. And if you want some critique, I'll tell you some things about it, but that's up to you. But this right here, you have to learn to write this topic sentence and you have to learn to write an argument. And for this over here, I have to criticize you. I have to critique you and give you feedback and I have to give you some instruction so that you can become a better writer over here when you're playing. And so that someday when that play and that discipline come together, you can write something really good and maybe get it published if you want to. Um, and then on top of that, and especially for these kids over on that extreme, the artistic extreme, we need to remember that they are artists just in a childish way. It's, it's that little artist inside. It's just like a kid who likes to sketch and draw or paint or, or a child who wants to, you know, to make up music on the violin or the piano and tink, you know, tinkle out different melodies and stuff. It's, it's the same thing. It's that artist child coming out, <laughs> but they still need that practical art. Um, but to fuse those together and to make that artist side richer and, and more mature over time, they have to read even more, and even more importantly, they need good books. Um, even more than than other kids, um, we want to focus on making sure they have really good books to read and and classics, yes, but also again examples of good modern writing, um, so that they don't end up sounding you know like Jane Austen or Shakespeare when they're you know which can sound pretty ridiculous. I mean, I I, I did that when I was a child. I read Elsie Dinsmore, um, which was a very kind of an anti-Catholic Protestant. Uh, old-fashioned story um, set in the 1800s, and um, I was—I'm was, a convert, so I—it um, wasn't an issue to read those. But I read those so much that I started talking like Elsie, like, um, "Oh, I shall be so glad," you know, and things like that. You know, things that <laughs> I started to put that stuff in my writing. So you—you got to be careful about too many old classics as well. Right. But we want to have good writing, but not even just good stories. We want a lot of poetry because, um, and I don't think we emphasize poetry enough these days. We need to return to um, uh, more emphasis in our English programs on poetry because poetry not only is is important for its own sake as a as a genre of literature, but also poetry teaches us a lot about writing that we may not get in prose writing, um, such as uh, like metaphors, similes, imagery, um, rhythm, um, you know, as a, um, alliteration, all kinds of things that that we pick up from tuning our ear to the rhythms and music of poetry, and we can transfer that music into our prose. But we can't do that if we're not exposed to poetry. So mm -hmm. I think that's really important as well. All right. All we're just going to take a short sponsor break, and then we will be right back with more of Sherry Blomquist. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com, and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast. Which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. 
And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now back to our program. All right. Welcome back. We are having so much fun with Sherry Blomquist. We're talking about writing in the extremes, um, really meeting our children where they're at with what their needs are as writers. Um, you were just kind of breaking out kind of how the goals are different. All of our kids need great books to absorb from. All of our kids at some point need structure. The ones who play on the pages you did need that freedom and that that kind of encouragement to just be in that space and touch into their imaginations more deeply. Um, some of our parents listening are thinking, yeah, that, that all makes sense to me, but I'm a little, feel a little ill-equipped to teach writing myself. Maybe I never learned that. So what would you recommend? What kinds of resources you can tell us about your programs and how you work, Sherry? Um, in the remaining minutes that we have, um, give us an idea of where we can draw from as parents so that we can start to maybe experiment and find out what works best for our children. Um, so, first of all, I just want parents to know that I get how intimidating it is to, to teach writing because even though I've taught writing for years, I was intimidated to teach my own kid. I mean, it's, I, I really do understand it. I was like, okay, I know how to do this. Why is this so hard? And I think part of it um, may have to do with um, just the fact that writing is an art. I don't, I don't think of it as an academic subject. To me, it's an art that we, that we learn and we apply to many different aspects of life, including academics. So when I teach writing, <clears throat> I do teach students that it is an art. And I think art in general is intimidating to teach. Art, um, like the visual arts and music, those are hard subjects in homeschooling to teach. I, I found those intimidating as well. And writing is just no different. It is a different frame of mind from teaching a grammar lesson or a math lesson or even a history lesson. It requires a different way of approaching a subject and seeing this child's work. And um, there's so many ways to approach teaching an art that, um, and you know, writing is no exception. There's lots of ways to teach writing. And, you know, we could hash out, you know, a discussion of all kinds of different ways to teach writing and never come to a consensus. Um, so, so I, I really understand. But um, so one thing that I think is helpful, when, and when parents have come to me to teach their kids writing, uh, when I, when I've done it freelance, um, they there's been several parents have said i i just don't want to be the bad guy you know i'm I, I can't be the bad guy it it it's too much conflict between my child and myself i and i just need somebody else to be the bad guy so i'm like i'll be the bad guy i mean partly because i understand i'm sympathetic because i've been there and partly because it, it really there is a different dynamic when when you're a when you're a child, you want to listen to anybody but mom when you're, especially when you're a teenager. It's like your mother can tell you the exact same thing that a newspaper article or a website could tell you, but you'll believe the website over mom, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. or, or like, you know, you could read the website later or, or some article or book and the golden mom's like, did you know that? And mom's like, I told you this before. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, and I, I was no different. I, I'd always listened to other people before my mom. Um, and so there's, there's that dynamic that, that doesn't help anything. And so then when you get this piece of writing from your child and say, well, this is a problem, this is a problem. You need to improve this. 
then that conflict is a natural one in in a way. And so um, to have another teacher step in to to do the critiquing and saying, look, you your your uh, paragraphs are too uh, vague. You need to strengthen your topic sentence. You've got a lot of grammar mistakes, and I don't really understand what your central idea is. I mean, those are things that nobody wants to hear from mom, and it can be intimidating for mom to find those things if she hasn't had uh, writing instruction herself, if she never got in school, um, or even if she did, is just kind of out of practice now, um, you know, that can be very intimidating and, and put a lot of conflict in there. So firming it out and having, you know, having your child go into a class or have a tutor or follow a, an independent study program um, is, is certainly a valid thing to do. Um, however, if mom wants to or needs to do it all herself, one thing that really helps um, is to find, first of all, find a program that feels like it matches your teaching style for, you know, I don't like formulaic teaching or writing programs. I, I have, you know, I, I don't think those are the right way to go. Um, but there are many types of programs out there and even a formulaic one um, that would be better than, than nothing. If a mom found, hey, I, I get this, I know how to do this, I can follow this. That would be better, you know, in grading with rubrics, you know, a list of criteria, you know, is the topic sentence strong? Is your supporting sentence, you have several supporting sentences, you know, is, it, is the paragraph indented? You know, whatever criteria you want to use for grading your child, um, having a rubric where the child can see, okay, this is what I have to do to please mom. These are the things that I can I can do. They're measurable criteria, so that that can be the bad guy in between mom and the child, so to speak. Um, that can be useful as well. And some mm -hmm. programs, I don't want to name any programs in in this segment, but um, some programs do have rubrics. Some um, some programs um, will offer very measurable criteria that can help parents a lot with the grading, even if they're going it alone. Um, but then, of course, there's classes and things like that. One um, one thing that may help, though, whether your child is in a class or whether you're doing it yourself, is to have a handbook that lays out a lot of things about writing, like WriteSource or Writer's Inc. Uh, I don't remember which one is the middle school version, which one is the um, high school version. Uh, or maybe right source is the name of the program, the the whole thing. I can't remember. I spent some time, but I have them um, in my. I, I own them. It's just that I I have all my books in boxes right now because I I'm not in a permanent location, so I can't really look at my bookshelves. But um, you know, handbooks like that that have a lot of how to how to write a persuasive essay, how to write a you know paragraph and things like that. Then they can be a really good source um, if you get stuck. Um, so those are good general resources. And I really like Brave Writer also as a program for, um, um, I haven't looked at them for a while, but they had a lot of classes and a way to do independent study when you want something that's not too structured, but um, still some guidance and helping that student find their voices. Um, uh, sorry, helping their, your students find their voices. Um, Brave Writer is really good for that as well. Um, and then, of course, you need to remember the grammar piece and, and having um, strong grammar and just being able to write fluent sentences can go a long way to giving your students confidence um, with with writing paragraphs. You know, if your student can't write fluent sentences that they feel are strong sentences, then that's not going to give them confidence to write paragraphs and papers. So, um, mm -hmm. 
Justice Rights off in my head right now. But <laughs> Okay, great. Good. Thank you so much, Sherry. Really appreciate from your point of view as a creative, but also as an instructor, someone with a lot of experience with the different types of students, um, to hear some of your recommendations. And also, everybody, please go to onceuponapen.studio. That's in the show notes. And um, take a look at Sherry's programs, too. And of course, you know, we have our own writing programs here at Homeschool Connections, too. Take a look at different things, see what suits your child, and feel free to reach out to Sherry too. Um, you know, have a conversation with her about your student. Um, she can she can bring all of this experience and all this love for the students into uh, helping you to align uh, with some things to try for your kids. You do not have to go this road alone. Any no, final thoughts? So for, out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just leave us with whatever final thoughts you want us to to end on, Sherry. Appreciate you so much. Um, I just want I just want everybody to know that this this is something that we are in together. It is hard to teach writing. Um, it's it's not a natural thing to teach. Um, so you know, don't be afraid to get help. And yes, I'm happy to talk to any moms or dads who just need help. Maybe don't want to use um, what I offer specifically, but just need some uh, someone to bounce ideas off of. You know, just some uh, some thoughts, or maybe if there's questions that. Uh, were generated in your mind because of something I said today. Um, I'm happy to email back and forth with someone, um, or even talk on the phone if if you if you would like. So um, you know, but but also feel you know, reach out and look at what's out in the market. There's a lot of there's a lot of different writing approaches, and I'm not going to advocate for one over the other today. Um, except that you know, like I said, I don't I don't think formulaic writing is a very good way to go, even for lower like even for the far extreme students who um, don't like to write because that can be a crutch that's hard to drop <laughs> when it, when you need to. But um, but there's so many things out there that will help. And um, it's just a matter of, reach, of looking for them and finding them. And um, uh, But yes, I'm happy to help answer questions or anything like that. <laughs> oh, that's so generous, Sherry. Really appreciate it because I know you're busy, you're homeschooling your own children at this point too, as well as all your writing and your teaching. So thank you for that generosity. Everybody do reach out to Sherry Blomquist. She's at onceuponapen.studio and that's in the show notes. We're so grateful for you, Sherry. I'd love to have you back again sometime. Thank you so thank you. much for, for pouring into us today. So inspiring. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. And thanks, everybody, for listening. It's good to have you with us. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Bye. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you. And thank you for joining us.